All right, all right, all right. Good peoples, what's going on? Listen, we're back for another one of these little, little segments here, little sessions here. Um, yeah, we we we're we're trying to communicate what has been in my spirit, uh, you know, and and definitely um, yeah, in my heart, my mind, uh, you know, God has really been working on me, if you will, uh, concerning. Uh, this concept of understanding creation versus birth, but then also um, really understanding, you know, the the sin nature, and and how we get how we get <laughs> when it comes to to life, like how we get the habits and the issues and and uh, a lot of the the urges and temptations and things that we have, how how it come came about, how it comes about, why it exists, why it's there, and then why it's important to distinguish the difference between that. Um, versus what God has for us and what he wants for us and what his desire and his will is for us. Um, so really quickly, I, I want to shift into just a really quick prayer. Uh, you know, sometimes I start writing with prayer. Sometimes I pray beforehand. And so when I come on, I'm just jumping in. But I want to start with a really quick prayer and then we'll, we'll dive in. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Yahshua, God, thank you for allowing us to come together uh, in this manner, Lord God, that that is even... Uh, that it even exists, that it's even an option uh, for us to be in your presence and in each other's presence without being actually in a room together. Um, God, I, I'm in full belief that your anointing is still strong. Your, uh, your, your inhabitants of the of every heart uh, that's here is still strong. Lord God, your ability to move is still strong. I believe the Holy Spirit is still strong. I believe that your word is still strong. No matter what the distance is or what the platform, uh, God is a tool and tools that, that you have given us in this life are used uh, to, to bring glory, to, to enhance uh, our walk on this side of the journey, Lord God, and to be able to uh, spread the gospel, you know, and to connect and to grow and, and to enjoy to a certain extent as well. And so we just thank you for every tool that you've given us. We pray and we give it over to you that your will be done in Jesus name. Amen. All right, y'all. So, so basically, um, once again, starting to, uh, to keep it going along the lines of just understanding, uh, some of these concepts and, and how I'm, I'm seeing them and, and, you know, trying to make sense of it all and connect the dots, if you will. Uh, so one of the major, uh, you know, transitions from understanding birth and creation, one, one of the main uh, things that we want to do to kind of interlock the things together as we as we're creating these bridges to to create a full circle so everything is there in full circle and you can see it you're like oh okay yeah it all connects um is uh what i would consider to be the next phase after we really understand birth and creation and the difference between the two and why it's important to understand that while we were born into iniquity and sin that is not what our created purpose was god did not create us for to be sinners he didn't create us uh to be shaped in iniquity he didn't create us to be disobedient to him he didn't create us uh to have to walk in a curse uh, he created us for so much more and so in order to tap into those things, we have to see the curse and the sin for what it is and understand that while there are things that we feel, urges and different things that we feel uh, through birth and because of the sin nature that we have, which is what we're going to jump on, um, you know, in, in clarity, uh, try to give more clarity on today. Because of those things, uh, we know that it is a separation from 
what God in originally purposed and intended us for. And so therefore, in order to, to get that separation and eliminate it, we have to see uh, the sin nature for what it is and and what that why that pertains to who we are in this world and then we have to connect the dots with who god is in our lives and what he originally purposed for us so that we can begin to live a life according to uh his perfect will for our life and then we can start attacking some of these sinful urges in nature and, and all the things that's there and not to say that we're going to be perfect but we'll start to be better and then we'll increase the knowledge in him and in relationship with him and things will grow um, in our lives, things will get better. Things will start to become clear. This is where we get our identity from. Once we get into the kingdom and start to grow in relationship with God. Before that, our identity comes from our birth. Remember, we talked about this. If you didn't see the last segment, I'm, I'm going to reiterate. We were born and shaped in iniquity and sin. We were born into a sin, a sinful world with a sinful nature. It is a natural desire to defy God. It is a natural desire to be disobedient to our creator. It's natural because of the disobedience that took place in the garden with Adam and Eve. That disobedience and that sinfulness that came upon all of us because all of us came out of the first man. We were all a part of that. We were all in his loins. So we were all a part of that situation. And now we're all feeling the effects of it. Last time I used the analogy, just imagine if you, uh, if your family had a successful business and, uh, and then you came up and so suddenly a lawyer came to you and he was like, hey, there's a whole lot of back taxes on this business and you know other ugly obligations that you need to take care of. And you're looking at him like, wait a minute, hold on. I don't have anything to do with that. Uh, that's not mine. I didn't touch that. I, I didn't. I didn't raise that. That's not me. And he's looking like, well, your name is on this. It's a part of your lineage. It's a part of who you are, you know. And on the flip side, we wouldn't deny the blessings from that. If, if the if on the flip side, the lawyer came and said, "Hey, I got a billion dollars in the bank. It's yours because you are a part of this lineage, this heritage, and this family in which this successful business has, you know, assets that's been passed down." And so it's 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 your turn to reap the benefits. I don't know a lot of people who would be like, nah, I don't want nothing to do with that. That's not mine. That's kind of where we are. We get the benefits, but we also have to deal with the consequences of Adam. I'm sorry, I got something in my eyes. I'm trying to get through it. I'm sorry, I keep rubbing my eye. But basically, that's what I want to hone in on today is focusing in on that part of it in which we're struggling with what we're born into and where we're trying to get to as far as the, the blessing part of being who we are as God's creation. So one of the main things to understand is that we, because we were born into this world, into this sinful world, shaped in iniquity, we have a sinful nature. It's just a natural thing in all of us. It's, it's not something that we necessarily can even control at times. We grow to understand it a little bit better as we grow to understand ourselves, you know, from children on into adulthood. We start to understand, first of all, right from wrong, but then also, you know, why, um, you know, why things seem to be important to us, because then we're taught out of the same nature that we were born in. Uh, oftentimes we're taught out of that same nature because our parents 
have grown in this nature themselves. And so they have things that they feel. They have things, urges and desires that they have. Sometimes they teach us by example, good or bad. Sometimes they teach us by just telling us about certain things, good or bad. Sometimes we hear things, good or bad. And then sometimes we learn from the earth, uh, you know, realm itself, where we are in, in you know, on the planet. It, it's different situations for all of us, but wherever we're raised and whatever we're a part of and what we see, we learn there. We learn from our peers, different, different perspectives through different situations and experiences. But it's all a part of this sinful nature that we were born into. Unless you have people in your life that have already reached a certain level in their relationship with God, the only thing that you're going to get predominantly is a reaction to whatever it is that, that people have gone through or are going through in your life that are guardians of your life or um, you know, what, what we would be, what we would consider as, uh, you know, parental figures or those who are responsible, uh, for your life. And so these are the people that teach you. These are the people that show you things. They're trying to show you on the basis of their understanding of what they were born into and how they have adapted. So all of these teachings are coming down. They're coming down the pipeline, coming down the pipeline. And so all of us have had them. We've had them. I've learned things from my parents. I've learned things from my uncles, uh, my aunts, my cousins. Uh, I've learned things from grandparents. I've learned things from teachers. I've learned things from uh, people in the church, uh, people older than me, people younger than me. Uh, you know, it's all, the list goes on and on. All people who were born, what? In sin. <laughs> so, so, you know, so... I'm not saying that to, to knock and say that we can't learn great things because obviously we can learn great things, but just to put you in a perspective mindset to understand that we are all, when we're learning from each other, we are all learning from people who have the same issue as us, which is why we need a personal uh, divine connection with the one and only creator of the universe. Because once we get that, and we understand that and we have that, then we can start diving deeper into who we are beyond being born in sin. All right. So I said all that because I really wanted to set up uh, some of these scriptures. So looking at scripture, let's see here. One in particular, it's, just, it's like more than one. It's a couple. But one in particular that I want to um, focus in on is this um, you know, the sinful nature that we have. Here's the issue, right? There are several things in our life that we are attracted to based on our own lust. Now, when you hear the word lust, immediately most people think sexual. Sexual things are a part of lust, but it's not just sexual. It is our own sinful nature because we were born into sin, shaped in iniquity. It's our own sinful nature. Once we start to develop feelings and, and, you know, have experiences with certain things in this world, it starts to awaken what's in that nature, what is fleshly, and we start to have a reaction to things and even an urge for things. And these are the lust that develop inside of us. Some of it is taught. Sometimes lust is taught. Sometimes it's transferred generationally that people call it generational curse. Basically, it's just a pattern of lust. That have come down from generation to generation. People have taught you how to hone in on a certain part portion of you 
that likes a certain thing or that, that puts reverence on a certain thing. So it's not just sexual. We can lust after, uh, you know, after fortune and fame, you know, not just being fortune or, or being fortunate and having riches, but also the attention of fame. So we can have, um, you know, a lust of pride, a lust of self, wanting that attention, craving to be, um, you know, in the limelight or the spotlight, wanting everybody to reverence us and to give us power, you know, to have power and authority. That can be a lust. Of course, greed. You can you can be uh, lustful for things, uh, possessions. Many of us have struggled with that at some at some point in time in our lives where we have, but we want more. You know, it becomes a lust. It's, you're lusting after. You want more of it. I got to have it. You idolize it. Uh, some of us lust after, um, you know, just all kinds of different things, um, you know, that are out here. Uh, you know, like I said, pride of life. And and uh, some of us lust for being able to control and manipulate situations. We got to always be in control. We got to always feel like we're making things happen and making other people do what we want to do. It, it's a lust. So this lust comes from the sinful nature. Let me let me uh, dive in here. Let's see. This scripture is in the book of James. So this is uh, this is the book of James, New Testament. Um, I'm in the King James version. I didn't say it the last time, but uh, I want to make sure I say that this time. So King James version uh, of the Bible here, and this is uh, chapter one. And I'm going to go down. There's a lot of good stuff in here, but I'm going to go down to uh, 12. All right. So we can understand more about our sinful nature that we're born into. Right. All right. So blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So I want to stop right there for a second because that's that's uh, James 1 and 13. That's important here because it even reemphasizes what I was talking about last segment. And that's the fact that God did not create us to be sinful. That's not what he created us for. He can't even be tempted or tempt us with evil. That's impossible. He, can, he is not responsible for our imperfection because he's perfect. He's perfect. So there's no way that we can give God credit because some of us see it as a good thing. We cannot give God credit for our sinfulness. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, I know I have known people uh, and I'm just going to use guys as a reference, you know, you know, being being a man myself. I've had, you know, circles of people where I've been around guys who have bragged about how good they are with women, you know, and, and it's, and they give the credit to God. Yeah. You know, God bless the brother. You know, I just, that's how I do, you know, I, <laughs> cause I got it like that, you know? And it's like, wait a minute, you're giving God credit for you going around and being horse with women, but then also mistreating them, his creation. You're giving him credit for that. You see it as a good thing, but that's not what he created you for. He didn't create you to treat your sisters like that. He didn't create them to be treated in that way. He did not create your body 
to be a temple that is used to go out and do whatever it is you want to do with it, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So, but that's how we do, right? We give God credit. Um, how we how we live our life, you know, we have different people who have different viewpoints on, um, you know, sexuality and and uh, and and even you know what what to call themselves. You know, uh, I don't have a pronoun. I, I'm this pronoun, that pronoun, all of these different things. But you're saying that, or or you know, you're giving, you're hinting around that God did something different than what He really did. In our being born and shaped in iniquity, we have challenges that that challenge our identity because we're trying to create an identity based on all of these experiences and and all this. And really, it's a survival technique. We're trying to survive in the world in which we have been born into. And part of that is feeling good, um, feeling good about yourself or feeling secure about yourself. And so if that feeling, if that good feeling that you're chasing um, is one in which you feel like is quenched by doing things of the world or by what we're going to dive into some more, um, exercising certain lust, then you begin to see that as, oh, well, God must have done that for me because that makes me feel good and that feels good. So that must be God. No, that is us taking what God has done and utilizing it for our own gain and for our own comfort based on the lust that's inside of us. I want to dive deeper here, so I'm going to continue to go. But I wanted to stop there and just say that because it clearly says, and it shows us in Scripture, that when we are tempted by anything, when we have urges, when we have desires, um, we're not tempted of God. This is not God uh, saying, you know, saying that, hey, I, I gave you the revelation that you're not really a, a male, you're really a female. Or, oh, my bad, I made a mistake and I dropped the wrong person in the wrong in the wrong body or the right person in the wrong body or something like that, whatever. Um, oh, my bad. Um, you know, I gave you the uh, the body that I gave you and I gave you the looks that I gave you, um, you know, so that you could go out and have as many sexual partners as possible. Uh, you know, these things are some of the things that trap us in this realm of thought where we don't realize, man, I'm, I'm really outside of God's will for my life. But we, we, we credit God for certain things when it's not right. So we got to understand that these things, and, and, and it's defining what is evil, right? Because if you don't see any of these things as, as evil, if you don't see them as, as wrong, then you're going to justify things based on that that you that mindset that you have because you're looking at it from a perspective that's non-biblical. And I guess it'll be good for us to dive into that later on to really talk about what is good and evil based on what the word says and what, what's there for us to understand there, so that we can kind of get a balance on that. But anyway, let's keep let's continue on here. All right, so 14. But if every man is tempted. When he is drawn, or but every man is tempted, not if, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So temptation doesn't come from God. The issue doesn't come from God. The questioning of certain natural things and natural order does not come from God. It is when we are tempted and drawn away by our own lust and enticed. 
we encounter so many things after we are born into this sinful world, into this world which gives us the sinful nature where we're shaped in iniquity. Once we start experiencing things, these experiences create temptation. When we are tempted, when something is triggered, when there's a feeling or some, something that happens, we are then drawn away by the lust that it awakens. Because guess what? It's already in there because of what? Our sinful nature that we were born in. So that's what started to get me to really kind of kind of understand on a different level when people say stuff, certain things. <clears throat> and uh, and people say certain things. And it's like, you know, when people say certain things like, you know, I was born, um, you know, a killer. I was born... Uh, you know, homosexual or, or whatever, you know, what, whatever the case may be in which we look and say, nah, biblically, that doesn't make sense. Here's why it doesn't make sense. Here's one of the main reasons why it doesn't make sense. Because God did not create us to be that way. But it does make sense from a standpoint of the sinful nature. You were born in sin. Therefore, you could have been born with these different circumstances that puts you in a position to feel like God made a mistake when it comes to your body. God made a mistake when it comes to your sexuality. Or you simply feel like, yes, I am a man, but I'm attracted to other men. Or yes, I am a woman, but I'm attracted to other women. These things you were born into because you were born into sin. So then it started to make sense to me very clearly. Oh, okay. That's where that whole thing is coming from. But we weren't created that way. We weren't created for those things. That is not the natural order by which God created us for. And in order to live life right and, and in God and be pleasing in God's sight, we have to get back to that original purpose and intent with, for creation, for who we were created to be and the reason why we were created to be what we are created to be. So we have to understand that it is not God's fault or it is not uh, God's will for certain things, it is our own lust that places us there. Because like we said earlier, like, like, talk, like I talked about earlier, we can have certain levels of lust in different areas of our life. Some of it is compound. I, I, you know, I have seen a person struggle with compound lustful issues. It's not just a, a lust issue with power and, and, and wanting money. So, you know what I'm saying? And, and that greed and that pride of life. But then it also falls into sexual lust as well. And usually when one awakens, then another will awaken with that one. And then you have this, this thing where, as the Bible says, the flesh is never satisfied. Why? Because the lust are forever consuming. So one fire burns and then it catches the other thing on fire that might have been just a small simmer. But now it's burning up and now you just got lust for all these different things. And you're getting fulfillment out of them because you were born into this. You were born into sin. So you are seeking fulfillment out of this behavior. But this is not what God created you for. This is not how it's supposed to be. That's why you'll never actually find true fulfillment in it. That's why you have so many people who have so many things, money, power, respect, all that good stuff, right? According to the world. They have mastered the birthright as far as sin is concerned, but they have not mastered the creation 
and as far as God is concerned and what, what we were created for. And until that, they'll never be whole. We will never be whole, whole unless we are in total fulfillment of what God's purpose is for our created being. Until we get that, we will forever be searching for things to fill the void. And it would never be enough because there's only one thing that could fill it. And that's the person in which God is in our lives and how he created us to be. He only created us one way. There's not several different things. There's several different things within that one creation, but it's only one, one creation. It's only one creator and one creation. But when we were born into this sin, there's several different directions and paths that we can go on in sin. There's a whole lot of stuff we can get into. But in order to, to really hone in and really have a focus and, and a vision and a purpose and a true understanding of life and living, we have to get into God. We have to. We have to get connected with the source. It's the only way. Otherwise, we are going to be, as it says in 14, we're going to be tempted and then we're going to be drawn away by our own lust and enticed. And then we're going to do relationship how we want to when it was supposed to be this way. They were just supposed to be a spiritual connection or a friend, but you're doing sexual relationships and, and other things with them. This was supposed to be a person that came along that you had a business transaction with, but yet you ended up sleeping with them. These are the things that, that gets us off course because we're drawn away by that lust. 15, then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin and sin, when it is finished, bring it forth death. When sin is finished, sin has a work that it's doing. We were born in it. So once it's activated, it starts to go to work. Some of us are at the beginning stages of our lustful endeavors. These thing, this thing hadn't even totally consumed yet, but it's working. And when it's done working, it's going to bring forth death. Here's another scripture that parlays right with that. That lust conceived, being conceived and bringing forth sin and then sin, when it is finished, bringing forth death. And then when we look over here, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, we see that for the wages of sin is death. So once sin has its work and it is finished, then it leads to death. Why? Because that's the wages of sin. That's what sin brings you. Ultimately, you will have a lot of pleasures in route to death. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's going to do is going to actually kill us off from our true created purpose. That's what it's doing. It's a placeholder for what should really be there. That's why we can go our whole lives and live a life, man. Oh man, we can live a life, have all kinds of things going, all kinds of relationship, all kinds of stuff. We can even tap dance around our purpose and do some purposeful things because there's other purpose-driven beings around us, all around us. We're all connected. We can do some great things that look good, but it's not the created will of God. It's not what he really you know, created us for. It's not our true purpose. Therefore, we actually pass away unfulfilled, even though it seemed like on the surface we've done a lot. But it's really just been a lot of chasing urges and fulfilling lust. And you're never satisfied with that. Um, so that's why it's important for us to understand why we need God and why we need to come together and be free from this, you know, this connection 
with this sinful world that we have so that we can actually start to flow with the one and only savior of our souls and our lives, our creator, our maker and creator, Yahweh, the most high God. Um, so once we start to come into the knowledge, we realize that um, what's going on here in chapter six earlier in chapter six, we realize that, um, you know, we should not sin so that grace is abound, may abound. Once we come into the knowledge of this creation and create, you know, creation versus uh, birth thing, once we come into the knowledge of this and we understand, okay, I was born and shaped in sin and iniquity, um, but that is not God's purpose for me. So now I got to get in God because there is grace for me knowing that I was born this way. There is grace for me. God has patience with me and he's, he can love me through this and help me through this. He's there for me. Um, but I shouldn't continue in the acts and the reactions that come from this sinful nature. I shouldn't continue in that just because grace is there. No, 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 no. That's not what I should do. Um, so I'm going to drop down to verse three. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Okay. We were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. That's why a rebirth has to take place. Because we were born, shaped in iniquity, born in sin. So the only way to get back into the, to even start back into the path of lining back up with God and what we were created for we have to have a rebirthing, which means that something in us has to die so that we can be raised up again. That is why we crucify the flesh. That is why we yield our will over to God and we allow him to come in, the Holy Spirit to come in and cleanse us of the old man. So then we walk, begin to walk into the newness of life, understanding that just as Christ was crucified, Jesus was crucified for us. We lay to rest, rest that sinful nature by which we were born. We lay to rest that birthright. Then we become born into the right and correct birthright that was really ours from the get-go. That was really given to us by the Most High God in whose image we were created. Now we're doing something. Now, now we're experiencing something. Now life is coming off differently. All right, and I'm about to wrap up here because, you know, this time be flying, man. It be flying, but I'm hoping that you're getting something. I'm hoping that you're able to stay with me, rock with me. I'm, I'm hoping that this is good for somebody. Uh, you know, I really do. <laughs> All right, so uh, so therefore, understanding, we're buried with him. So there, therefore, likewise, we raise up in the newness of life. And then one day we'll raise up in the resurrection as well. That's five. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, his, his, him being uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Yahshua, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Why does sin have to be destroyed? Because the wages of sin is death, because sin comes from the enticing of our own lust that comes from when we are tempted. These things we were born into, these things are from the curse. These things have to be crucified so that it can be destroyed. That henceforth, 
we should not serve sin. When you are born into this world, you are born self-serving. All of us are. We are born to serve the urges and the lustful temptations that come out of us based on the experiences that we have and what we're taught. That's where we are. So that's why you can be born into a situation and people teach you the wrong things and you gravitate to those things. All they're doing is teaching you the lust that they struggle with. And they're, and they're awakening the same lust within you so that it becomes a created pattern of issues. Some people even use religion and use you know, the concept of God because it's not the true living God, but they use the concept of it to create a monster, if you will, inside of you. So that you take scriptures and and you know and skew them for your own personal pleasures. There's a lust for that, believe it or not. A lust for twisting the truth. A lust for utilizing the things that God has put inside of our, our lives in this and in this earth realm to guide us, but using them for your own personal lustful gain. That's a thing too. Using them, using it to manipulate others. That was one of the STEM core of, uh, um, of slavery. One of the things that they used during that time period was so that they could mess with the people's minds and manipulate them to make them think that they were born into this slavery. They were born into sin and slavery was a result of the sin. We were born into sin. Lust is a result of the sin. Homosexuality, a result of the sin. Greed a result of the sin, hatred, a result of the sin. Death is a result of the sin. All of these different things, these are not things that God birthed us into so that we could give him glory for these things and out of these things. No, these things we were birthed into because of the disobedience of Adam. Once we really began to hone in on that and understand that, then we will begin to walk in the marvelous light of Jesus, our Savior, and truly experience what it's like to have true salvation and true, true connection with the true and living God. So once we get this, I'm going to go down to verse, uh, let's see, let's, let's go to, let's go, let's do six real quick, uh, and we'll, we'll read a few here, and then, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, so six, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin, not dead in the sense of those in the graveyard, but dead in the sense of those who have actually crucified the flesh. And, and we no longer see sin the same. We no longer see sin as the pleasurable thing that we need to, to, uh, to, to seek after in order to have our identity or in order for us to feel good in this, in this earth realm. Like, no, we see it for what it is, the, the, the iniquity that we were born into, that we were shaped into. And we see it for what it is so that God can shed his marvelous light on us and we crucify that flesh and that, that sinful nature so that we can truly walk in him. Uh, for in that he died, he died unto, oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. I skipped down too far there. Uh, for he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, verse eight, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. All right. No more dominion over him. 
no more dominion over him. We are trying to get to the place where sin no longer has dominion over us. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So I was born into sin. I then had to die to sin. And now I'm able to live unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the key. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Because the lust is still there, but we cannot allow it to, to reign in our mortal body. We have to put it in its proper place. That's why we crucify it. That's why we kill it. That's why we, we understand the power shift that has to take place mentally, physically, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually. Once we get that balance, then we start to walk into the newness of God, into the newness of Christ, into the, into the newness of life under, with Yahshua as our Savior. And then that power begins to, to, to really drum up and it begins to deal with those lusts, point them out, see them, deal with them so that we no longer obey them. So I no longer get up in the middle of the night thinking about lustful things, calling people and trying to connect with people to see who I can get with to fulfill this urge. Those things are, are being attacked by the real weaponry and by the real purpose that's in my life. Now that I'm walking those things out, my mindset is on those things. Those urges are not anywhere near what they used to be because now they're subject to the power of God and the Holy Spirit. All right, I got to get out of here because this has been, uh, I've gone way, way, way over, way over. I'm almost at 40 minutes here. So for those that have been with me this whole time, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for hanging in there. Uh, we'll do it again. We'll do some more. And preferably, this is this is helping someone um, and, and, you know, helping bring clarity so we can see things and understand this old world that we're in and, and why we're feeling certain things and why certain things are, are even feeling as if they're attacking us and, uh, and you know, and, and why the difficulty is even there. But I'm going to pray really quickly and, uh, and then we're going to be done. Father, in the name of Jesus, Yahshua, thank you once again for uh, timing your word, time um, in thought towards you, time in, in uh, conversation, even though it wasn't uh, so much back and forth talking, I still always feel like I'm having dialogue uh, with 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 these your people and and those who I I love God because it, it just feels that way because it's almost like I can I can sense uh, some of the questions that might come out. I was there myself with these things and and with other things I am that way. Uh, you know, you go into a student mindset like I want to understand, but I'm not I'm not even trying to come off like I'm I'm this grand teacher like I, it, this is peer to peer right here. But God, I, I just want to be used of you and I want to glean off of them as well as they come with things, God, as you as you bring forth things. I've learned so much from so many, God, and I just want to continue to grow in that. Um, but God, I pray that you be with us. Uh, help us, lead us, guide us as only you can uh, unto all truth and revelation. And God, I just, I just bless your name and ask that you be with us. Thank you, Yahweh, Most High God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yahshua, for all that you've done and all you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for, for tuning in once again, and uh, till next time, peace.